if you had a if you had an imaginary dinner table with four guests mm-hmm. and you had to be one of them who do you mm. want the other three to be oh, obviously you jonathan right, of course of course because i'm true. i'm renowned for my really great table manners with people <laughs> i don't like yeah that's that's exactly <laughs> who else then so you pick one go on then two more um i would probably choose paul merton because i think he's brilliant okay and because he's so sharp-witted, he's so fast, he's amazing. And so he's for humour. Somebody just, maybe just somebody like Stephen Fry or um, David Attenborough, someone that's got good stories to tell that we can laugh at. So I'm, I'm a little worried that your ideal table is mm. myself, Stephen mm-hmm. Fry, mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Merton, mm-hmm. and and you. I mean, that is that is tough competition. You think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is I mean I'm I'm quite honoured that I'm at, or am I or am I the charity case that turned up for dinner <laughs> no <laughs> and what 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 are we cooking because clearly we're doing this together if this is what's happening because I can't let you take the fall in front of two people like that if the meal's you know not great um so what, what are we cooking um starters that's a very good question um because I love starters and I'm really fussy Oh, I'm a dessert person. Oh, see, I'm not. I used to be oh. a sweet tooth. I'm not anymore. I, I really focus on starters. I don't know. A main, maybe like a beef bourguignon or something like that. Okay. Oh, a beef wellington. I cooked a lovely beef wellington recently. Um, what do we have a starter, though? I don't know. I'm going to have to come back to that one. It's a well, very big Paul, question. Stephen, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, we mm-hmm. would love to invite you over for dinner. Yeah. Um, obviously, we know your regulars uh, listening to the Delivered Social podcast because that's clearly a thing you do on a Friday. Um, mm-hmm. And so far, our imaginative dinner involves us four around a table and possibly some beef Wellington. You're listening to the Delivered Social podcast. Top marketing tips from Guildford's top-rated digital agency. Hi everyone, welcome to the Delivered Social Podcast. Today I'm very, very lucky to be joined by the wonderful Sandra Porter from HR Department. Um, Sandra is the director of Elmbridge, Kingston, Surbiton Patches um, and basically deals with all, thing, all things HR. And if I'm honest, some pretty shocking dinner revelations. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I've recognised is that Sandra only does main, uh, sorry, starters and I do dessert. So, you know, at the end of this podcast, I will have to be blocking her um, her email address from my inbox. Um, so on that delightful note, Sandra, I'm sorry to start with, with that, but hi, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. That could mean you're steal my dessert. That's usually a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it means you're going to steal my starter. And if it's any good, I might not be okay with that. <laughs> um, so, so for those of you who've tuned into the weirdest podcast in the world with two grown adults deciding who's eating each other's food um uh, sandra um as i said works uh well doesn't work for works um as a franchisee for the hr department um and looks after three pretty big areas i mean you must cover some miles mustn't you we do actually yeah because they're quite big patches with loads of different towns and industry industrial parks and shared co-worker spaces and all kinds so we've got a really nice mixed varied patch which is great so tell me a little bit about what you do and, and what the HR department is and all of that jazz. If this was your one minute to tell the world, what would you say? We sort out people drama. There you go. And not on the TV. <laughs> Every small business, as soon as you employ one person, you would potentially have drama. And therefore we, and often business owners, they, they didn't start a business to have people drama. They started a business to make money doing something they're really good at 
and it's often not the people bit. So we bolt on as a very fabulous HR team to sort out all of their people issues and keep them compliant and help them sleep at night um, so they can get on with what they do the best. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, obviously, I know yourself and I know um, Martine as well uh, from, from one of the other patches. And I have to yeah. say, HR department has always been um, genuinely fabulous, you know, really, really great advice, uh, nice people, um, it, it, just people you'd want to do business with. So, you know, as much of a, a plug as this is, if there's any small businesses out there thinking, hey, you know, I actually do need that HR plug in. Um, I do have to be honest, give these guys a call because they, they, you know, more often than not, they tell you straight down the line where it's at and what's going on. Um, but obviously, I mean, obviously HR right now is going through a, a huge, maybe not shake up, because if the policies were in place, then you shouldn't have too many problems. But obviously COVID has thrown a few curveballs, hasn't it? It certainly has. It's introduced a whole new vocabulary, to be honest. Um, no, no one knew of such words like furlough. And no one used the word unprecedented as much before, did they? <laughs> they it's unprecedented now. how often we're using the word unprecedented. And the next person that says new normal, I am going to have to arm wrestle them. <laughs> so what is the new normal, Sam? Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so, I mean, so what's been the massive changes that you've seen kind of from a, from a HR department side? I think there's been um, huge anxiety, understandably, for business owners that have had to try and get used to this new language, a whole new set of rules and regulations that they've never heard of before. It was very, I think when we went into lockdown in March, it was very complicated because the details we were given were sparse and business owners were genuinely really worried about trying to um, look into the future without having a crystal ball. And they really needed to have somebody that they could phone and get the right advice that they could trust and that wouldn't just say this is what you need to do but actually help them do it um so it's been a time where i think to be honest our retained clients have got an incredible value for money and we've helped a lot of pay-as-you-go clients that have never really needed hr before but suddenly found themselves in a world where they really needed to understand contract clauses like layoff clauses and short-term working and variation clauses and things that they probably never, ever paid attention to because they haven't had to, um, and they needed help, and so we've been able to help them. And I think it's been really appreciated, but it's difficult times. You know, it's going to be difficult six months ahead for many, so we're here to help. It, yeah, it's really interesting you say that. The um, So I, I, I've spoken on, on the podcast before that during COVID, we, we haven't laid anyone off or anything along those lines as a company. Mm. Um, and, you know, for any business listening in, by no means is that, a, look at us, we're amazing. Um, it's not. Everyone's had to do some some phenomenal things to, to kind of keep themselves going and moving forward. But the one thing I would say, that that layout, that layoff clause, you know, that, that standard bit of document text that, you know, in these contracts, I mean, that you would never use. I mean, doesn't this just go to show that, you know, the importance of, of getting it right, you know, on day one? I mean, I don't think I don't think any company now would look at HR in, in the same way, um, which, you know, is, 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 is hopefully a good thing, right? It's certainly got HR further up the priority list than it's, than it's ever been, I think. Um, suddenly people are realising that, you know, those companies, unfortunately, that had Googled their contracts of employment are kicking themselves because um, they just didn't have as many options as other companies did in terms of what they could do uh, in these uncertain times. So I think it has suddenly um, made us less of a, a necessary evil and actually a really good business advisor um, who have become hopefully really trusted over the last six months. There's certainly a lot of our clients have said, God, we're 
thank God, like insurance with you and your return to be the last thing that goes because we've needed you more than ever. So, um, yeah, it's it has. Unfortunately, I think some people have had their fingers burnt by realizing how important getting contracts of employment are correctly. But um, but hopefully, people will have learned a lesson and be much wiser going forward. I think yeah, I think you you've probably said it there. It's it's just about getting the process in place. And one of the one of the things I, I found hard kind of listening there is COVID shouldn't be joked about. You know, it's um, and I, I kind of I quite like the podcast because it it can be quite a light play um mm-hmm. sometimes on what the business world is doing but i think covid itself and certainly from a hr point of view you know these are people's lives it's 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 challenging but in a vain effort to 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 turn it into a really kind of positive fun thing sandra imagine you've got three directors who do your head in mm. what are the three things they're guilty of calling us too late oh dear oh okay Okay. You know right. when they, you know when you answer the phone, they say, "I probably shouldn't have done this, Sandra, but <laughs> you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Let me go and put the kettle on." Yes, go on. Um, <laughs> so those those ones, of course, and you think, "Oh God, if you'd if you'd just phoned us sooner, if you'd just phoned us sooner, we could have made all this a lot easier." Um, so that drives me mad. I think. Um, some some directors, and I get it, I understand why they do it, but um, stay very far away. So you kind of give them some advice and then they scurry off with it. And then you kind of contact them and say, did that go okay? Is, it, is everything okay with that conversation? And they kind of keep at arm's length. And actually, we just prefer working really closely with our clients and genuinely coaching through a situation and knowing what happened and what else can we do? How can we learn from that? How can we help train your managers? You know, so we genuinely make them a better employer and a better place to work rather than, I don't like the kind of call center advice. I don't like it just kind of throwing a piece of advice over a fence and hoping that it, that it works okay. We genuinely want to know that it that it worked and that it's resolved their issues. So we prefer flights are like kind of working in partnership um, just because we're really nosy. <laughs> uh, whilst you've got the kettle on tell me everything you did last week okay go on then and last but not least what's the other the last final thing um i don't to be honest i don't really do my head in very often at all i love all my clients um you heard it here first guys she loves all her clients do do you know what there's there's we have had a couple issues where we'll write documents to help protect a client and we'll send it and um, we'll send it over to them for them to pass on and then they come back and say oh well I I just went on and I just tweaked a few bits um, and I just (laughs) anything no no generally everything in our documentation is there for a reason and it's to protect you to don't don't delete things. Um, this this might it's... not be the time to bring it up, Sandra, but I've done some tweaking. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. The the language is so important, and I, I guess you know, anytime I've looked at the contractual kind of side of it, it's I understand. So I, I tell you, one of the challenges I face with this is that you know, as an employer, we're trying to create a place where people want to work, where they feel inspired and um, motivated, and all of that. And you know, there's a billion TED talks out there. Google being my friend tells me loads of other information and then there's that contract mm-hmm. now I'm not sure about you but a TED talk is more interested in reading that contract um, so I think directors kind of get caught up in the whole you know onboarding and making it amazing and all that and actually I've learned very painfully that actually the onboarding can be all of those things provided it starts with everything's on the desk when they arrive and in the right order um, because otherwise it's just a recipe for, for disaster isn't it 
I think, yeah, absolutely. I think the, the, the inspired MDs that we work with are able to do both. They're able to, to work with us to pay attention to the detail, get those contracts right, their policies, their practices right, um, that they understand why they're doing what they're doing and why it's going to make a difference, but keep them compliant. Um, at the same time, recognising that just kind of paying someone a salary is not going to get excellent discretionary effort out of your employees. So, you know, if you if you want to build a fantastic business that's going to really compete against the competitors, then you've got you've got to make it somewhere where people genuinely want to come to work, whether that's from their home workplace or whether that's in an office. But bring themselves and be present at work and give everything they can. That's not going to happen by accident. You've got to work hard as a leader to deserve that effort and, and I think sometimes people underplay that or, or just think well I'll pay the salary what, what more do they want okay that's they're going to lose <laughs> they're going to lose people and mm. I think I think that retention thing is is probably going to be the next six months of conversation actually because you know COVID we can't change COVID what we can mm. do is change our operational measures and what we're doing internally in teams so I think that that kind of you know, holding on to people you've trained well and looked after and, you know, it, it, it's all going to count. Um, and it, it, from an economy standpoint, I think it will make a, a big difference, too, because actually, if we look after the people who have looked after the business, then, you know, in theory, you're in a win-win, right? Um, you mentioned you mentioned two words, which was inspired director. And I just I just have to say um, that, uh, you know, I am going to get you back in a moment. I am going to because all these directors are going to be listening to this going. Yeah. OK, you need to sort that document needs. Sort, and, they're, and they're just going to be sitting there going, oh, for God's sake, Sandra, you know, put the kettle on. Um, they're all going to be sat there going, I'm, I, I should have done this before. But um, what's really interesting, though, is that we're very we're all very good at um, practicing what we preach um, or, or not practicing what we preach. Sorry. Um, now, I. I would never suggest that you guys aren't good at HR because I know you are, but I believe you came into a social clinic with Delivered Social. How did that go for you? <laughs> it went extremely well, thank you, Jonathan. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you'd be an ace star. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience of coming in. Um, it was a really good opportunity to sit down and you had done an audit of our current kind of social media channels and uh, what our presence was like, what our tonality was like, what our timing was like. Um, and deservedly, we got beaten up by you um, because we were rubbish. <laughs> um, but it's but it is tricky as a franchisee because there are certain things you can change and there are certain things that you can't, um, and and that's fine. That's that's how franchises work. But um, it's really good to have an external view on where our strengths were, where our opportunities were, and what we should be focusing on. So we ended up with a bit of an action plan that I think has genuinely made a difference. You know, we're we're getting really good levels of interaction on a lot of our. And posts and things now so um it was a good step forward yeah I have to say that actually if you look at what the you know just as a franchise not just franchisees actually mm. you know things are moving forward you know they are doing quite a lot of good stuff so uh, yeah. don't worry directors I've got your back she she might be sat there giving it the you know get your contract sourced and whatnot but don't you worry we've all got we've all got our things um no it's uh, it's definitely a thing so I'm going to say a phrase to you um and I want you to tell me what you think it's about ready <laughs> no <laughs> but go on Nicking anyway things in the bud mm-hmm. oh. oh dearie me there are so many tribunals that are lost because of what happened within the first kind of 48 hours after an incident and it might be a, a, a kind of a, a line manager that's lacking in confidence or doesn't really know what minefield they're in um and often that first 48 hours, the actions that are taken end up being 
their Achilles heel when they end up going through some kind of formal process with an employee. It's so easy, really, for for any issues to be addressed and resolved informally with respect, with kindness, but with confidence. If you just take if you just take things seriously and think through what you want the end goal to be, um, and sometimes I know what it's like. You're in a busy business. You're trying to do a million things. Somebody says something, or there's an incident, and they don't necessarily take the right steps, and then they pay the price in the longer term. Um, and so that's why that's really why we're here. Really, is to just pick up the phone and say, "Oh, this thing's happened. What should we do?" And then we can think through options. I had a really interesting. Should I tell you a little story? Go for it. Really interesting one recently. A page go client phoned me and said, Sandra, we've got this issue where I hired this guy a few um, weeks ago, still on probation. Um, he asked if he could just stay in the office to do a Zoom call for something personal. And I said, yeah, no problem, no problem. So the guy stayed. Um, and later on, he found out that he'd stayed in the office using the Zoom call on that office computer in the office environment with his feet on the office carpet to have a job interview with somebody else. <gasps> um, wow. He felt so disrespected and so angry. He said, I'm going to phone him and I'm going to terminate this and I'm going to do that and do that. And I was like, you could do that or we could do one of these things. And by the end of the conversation, it was really interesting because he said, you know what? I never would have thought of that. I would never have thought about what's the right thing for the business. I never would have thought about protecting myself as an employer. I would never have thought about this. Thank God I phoned. And I think sometimes that's why you just need somebody that you trust, that you can phone and say, look, this is what's happened, but talk talk me through it, you know, and just um, and help see it with a fresh pair of eyes with somebody that's not as emotionally attached to it. <laughs> My dog is barking. Um, oh, who, who, is, who is this dog in the background? What's the name? This is Luna, who we just adopted from Romania. <laughs> okay, and, so. and how's Luna's dog training going? <laughs> She's doing really well. Um, so, yeah, um, it, but it was an interesting story because it's just about how you have to nip things in the bud um, because we were able to give them the right advice and save many consequences. Yeah, I mean, respect's a funny one as a business owner because I, I can only imagine how hurtful that is to the owner. You know, yeah. that's, that's our equipment, that's our mm. office. That's you and, and, take and, it really you know. personally, you know, and it's hard yeah, to do, but therefore it leads you to make taking the wrong decisions. Yeah, and actually that's the thing, isn't it? It's to try and remove the, the emotion from the equation, which is, you know, every business owner is guilty of because that's why we got into it in the first place. We're passionate about doing what we do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when people, you know, when people in our eyes perceive let us down, um, then, you know, that's that's really, really hard. Um, mm. Yeah, that's OK. So go on then. We reckon we're in for a turbulent at least four months now. For yeah. The end of the year. Mm. What top tips have you got for these businesses out there? I think um, take this opportunity to take the step back and have a look at what have you got in place so make sure you've got the right structure for your business because no doubt things will have changed whether you need different skills whether you need um whether people are going to work from a different workplace um whether you do you whether you do unfortunately need to downsize restructure whatever you want to call it um but kind of be brave and have a look at your business and think what is right for us now even if it's just for the next six months but take a look at it properly and put those things in place um, so know what kind of what your plan is and then communicate it properly. So I know there are lots of people, lots of business owners that are thinking, oh, yeah, well, we've got some people working from home. We've got somebody working those hours. I think sometimes there, there is currently, I, I believe, a need for the MD to sit down with everybody and say, right, 
this is now what the plan is. Even if it's just a six month plan, let's get focused. What things do we need to focus on? What are our priorities now? How are we working? How are we communicating? Just to give people that bit, a bit of clarity in what is a very cloudy place at the minute. Um, so kind of get your plan, communicate it with your team so they know what's happening. Um, and then be, I think, be ready really to be uh, to keep adapting as times change and kind of get advisors around you. And that is people like yourself, Jonathan, it's like people like us, it's whether it's your good accountant, get really good advisors around you that can help you make the right decisions for your longer term so that you can survive as much as anyone else can, you know, give yourself the best chance you can. Sandra, I'm sure you've inspired someone on this call to look into their, you know, their HR practices and whatnot. How will people find you if they'd like to get in touch? Um, they can check out my LinkedIn page, so Sandra Porter HR, which is my LinkedIn page, um, and you can look, look for us on the HR department website, which is hrdep.co.uk forward slash Elmbridge, um, or give us a call 0345 208 1290. And my final question, if mm. you were a chocolate bar, what chocolate bar would you be? I would be a double-decker. Why a double-decker? Because I feel like I'm kind of like two things. You know, part of me is very, as we have to be in our trade, um, very no-nonsense, quite, you know, a bit gritty, but also a bit chewy and lovely as well. Yeah, you pick the one <laughs> chocolate bar I can't stand. Um, if I was a chocolate bar, Sandra, what would you pick I would be? <laughs> um... So the first thing that sprang to mind was Maltesers, when I can't even explain why. <laughs> really? I would have gone fruit and nut. Um, <laughs> Turkish Delight, maybe. Um, Maltesers. Yeah. That's like tiny little bit of crusty chocolate on the outside and a naff inside. Do you know, me and you are going to fall out. Thank you very much for joining the podcast today, Sandra. Um, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Jonathan. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Delivered Social Podcast. To find out more about Delivered Social or to book in for a social clinic, visit us at deliveredsocial.com.